Hey, morning, Munchropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Logged It, episode number 23. Uh, today is the greatest day of the year. It is November 2nd. It is the anniversary of Monsters, Inc., the greatest film ever made. It was released 20 years ago today. And uh, Man Alive, am I happy to have seen that movie a thousand times. And I will watch it again tonight after the show. Uh, but anyway, I'm Tim. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to talk about some movies. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Boatman, tell me your favorite part about Monsters, Inc. Okay, so my favorite scene in Monsters, Inc., that's, that's actually really tough because I do love that movie. I think it's got to be using a series of spoons. Or a, whatever, whatever. Using mainly spoons. Yeah. Dig a tunnel under the city and release it into the wild. I mean, honestly, anything that comes out of Billy Crystal. Actually, no. No. My favorite scene in that movie is when the big hand is up and the little hand goes down, the dinosaur will be painted. You're wearing a Pixar shirt. I am wearing a Pixar shirt. Oh, on the sleeves, it has... On the other sleeve. Oh, that's cool. It has like the movies and stuff. Yeah, it has the movies on. Where's Monster? Oh, I like that. Is Monster? I want that shirt. Oh, here it is. It is on the sleeve. Where did you get that? Uh, I got it at a store called Box Lunch. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah, I know. I got at your local mall. They're awesome. Little little pricey, but very cool. Awesome. I love that. All right, uh, Payson, uh, you're on the show tonight. What's your favorite part about Monsters Inc? My favorite scene in Monsters Inc. Uh, I I kn- I know it's a classic scene, but uh, my favorite is when Randall is fighting solely invisible, like like an invisible way, and Mike comes back and is like trying to get like his therapy session in with Sully, while Randall is like choking out Sully, and Sully's like, ah! and he's like, okay, look, you 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 don't have to. All right, you know what, fucker, just take that. He throws a snowball and he hits. Randall right in the face. I think that's exactly what Mike says in the movie. Okay, all right, fucker. Uh, one one F bomb, PG thirteen movie. One F bomb. They got yeah. it. Uh, Jack, what about you? You're here tonight. Monsters Inc. You have some Monsters Inc. merchandise in your background. So uh, yeah, I love Monsters Inc. It's my favorite anime movie. Honestly, though, uh, yeah, I, I love it. Big part of my childhood. And uh, if I had to pick one, I. Honestly, I really love like when we've—I haven't seen it in a little bit—but when when we first meet uh, Boo, uh, when she's like grabbing uh, Sully's tail, uh, just slapping on the ground, and she looks up and she's, oh wait, what is the what the fuck did she say? What does she say, Tim? I'm blanking on the line because it's not Kitty, but she says book it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> Whatever. And I hate that I know that, but this uh... is. The- this is going to be fun. I love. I I really like a lot of ensemble movies, so I'm glad to be here. 
And the awesome. question is, how angry am I going to make Tim with my uh, favorite movie I logged this week? Ooh, interesting. I like the uh, the prelude there. Okay, uh, we're going to get into the show. Uh, we're going to start the way that we do every week, uh, which is our favorite movie that we logged this week. Um, I actually, this week, I spent some time watching some movies that I hadn't seen before. I haven't been on the show in a while, actually, a few weeks, so I have some honorable mentions uh, that I'm going to throw out there. But uh, I watched Stillwater, which I know a lot of people saw over the summer and talked about. I think Jack talked about it on this show. Really enjoyed that. I thought that was really great. I saw 127 Hours for the first time this week. Really liked that as well. Uh, But the one that I think I'm going to have to go with is actually a new release, The French Dispatch, the new film from Wes Anderson. Um... I like Wes Anderson fine uh, in the sense that he's made one movie that I really don't like. And a lot of people really like it for some reason. I do not like the life aquatic. Oh, I I was worried you were going to say like Royal Tenenbaums. I was going to get real sad. No. So that's the thing is like the ones that people, the ones that people love, I'm either fine on or meh. Life Aquatic, meh. Royal Tenenbaums, I like it. Um, I love Rushmore. It's probably my favorite one. Um, but I, but I really like Darjeeling Limited, which nobody likes. And so, uh, my my Wes Anderson is very weird. But I went to see French Dispatch, and I really, really liked it. I didn't know what I was gonna think about the movie based off the trailers and the concept, but the way that it plays out. I think works really, really well. The structure of the movie, how they split it up and how they're able to get three separate stories, uh, also kind of four, into this movie in a way that makes sense with overarching characters and everything. I really liked it. A lot of great performances all the way around, which is what you're going to get in uh, a Wes Anderson movie. It looks beautiful. Um, the middle chapter is probably the one I liked the best. I thought another week with another Timothy Chalamet performance that I really, really enjoyed. Um, thought he was really good in the movie. But um, overall, there's just there's a lot to like here. I think Wes Anderson fans are going to like it. I don't think it's playing in a ton of cities right now. It is. Uh, I, I think it expanded uh, this Friday. So it expanded. Okay. It's still not here, and that yeah, makes so, me mad. So one, if you have the chance to see it, I would recommend seeing it because I think um, it's not going to win anyone over. I don't think it's as some people are saying. Is this the most Wes Anderson he can get? I don't think so. Like it's definitely Wes Anderson, uh, but it's no more Wes Anderson than like Grand Budapest Hotel to me. So. Um, I don't know. I really liked it. Boatman, you haven't seen it, I would assume, based on I, your... Yeah, I really, really want to. Like, this is one, the more I hear about it, the more I feel like I personally, I love these kind of vignette movies if they're done well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, very excited for it. I'm mad I can't watch it yet. Payson, did you get a chance to check it out? Uh, I have not. I'm seeing it hopefully either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we're seeing Eternals on Friday. So that's kind of booked that, but I hope to see it sometime this weekend. Jack, what about you? Did you get to see it? I have not. Unfortunately, my theater is not playing it, so I have not seen it. All right. Uh, Boatman, we'll move over to you. Your favorite movie along this week. This is tough because I don't want to be a douche canoe and steal the movie that I'm 
pretty confident that Jack is going to pick. So I feel it, please. Oh, you want to throw me under the bus? You know what? No, because it's not technically my favorite. That's only my favorite. First oh, I you f- okay? Yeah, we'll that go. is the first time movie or my favorite first time watch. This I know week. where this is, but my favorite rewatch this week. Uh, I watch it every year around Halloween. One of my favorite comedies. Period. It is Arsenic and Old Lace. Arsenic and Old Lace is legitimately like I think one of the funniest movies ever made. Like the way that the situation basically starts at eleven with this guy's ants are murdering people, and then it goes crazier from there is so brilliant. Cary Grant, it's like so perfect in this movie. Is a guy basically just losing control over everything he thought he knew in his life. Like, I don't even know what is funnier. Like, him running to, like, stop people from discovering things or just his facial expressions. He is so funny in this movie. Uh, I love uh, the cop who keeps trying to tell him about his screenplay. I love uh, the brother. I love so much about this movie. That's one of the, the funniest movies you'll ever see. Yeah, we've definitely talked about this on the show before. I still haven't had a chance to see it, but I know that you love it, Bowman. I think Cody's a big fan of it as well. So um, as we keep getting further back in history here with movies, uh, I'm finding that I'm liking movies made before 1990 more than I thought I would if they're good. So I'm starting to trust Boatman and Cody a little bit more with movie recommendations. So I I do want to check this one out, but, you know, I should probably see like other things like the apartment and stuff first so yeah i'm gonna do that but i this is on my radar i do want to watch this uh payson what about you uh i have not seen this but from the amount of times i've heard people say like how good it is it's one that i really do need to watch i wanted to watch it this october i couldn't get around to it but I'm, 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 I'm essentially, I'm not waiting till next October to watch it. I'm, I'm going to make it more of a priority. It is absolutely a movie you don't have to watch during October. I think, like, the Halloween is so, like, back to the premise that, like, it, it's, you can watch it anytime. Understandable. Jack, what about you? I haven't seen it, but I tend to listen to uh, older episodes of Your List Sucks uh, when I'm cleaning theaters, and, uh, I think this came up on Boatman's Top 100. Uh, no, it was not on my Top 100 at the time. Now it would be. It was on right. her Top 100. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, I've been wanting to see it. I've heard a lot about it from, like, you, Kirk Coho, on uh, top on your list sucks and all that. But I, I just haven't seen it yet. But I plan to. Okay. Uh, let's get this shit storm out of the way first. And let's go to let's go to Jack next. All right. Well, I mean, I, I've got a few movies I could pick here, uh, but I'm I'm not going to pick my favorite horror movie that I rewatched. It's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not going to pick a movie that I owe oh, a big apology to, and that's Midsummer. But I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm gonna pick a first time watch, uh, and that's Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I. As, okay, as a as per my friendship with Cameron Holzman, I am legally obligated to like this movie. But just beyond that, friendship with Cameron Holzman. 
good. Like, I don't understand the poor reviews it's getting. I really don't. This movie is so well shot and edited. Like, and the performances in it are incredible. From Anya Taylor-Joy's small performance to Thomas and McKenzie's fantastic leading performance she gives. And, uh, and Diana Rigg, for the small amount of time she's in it, is pretty solid. So, like... I really enjoyed it, and like I know the third act, whatever. There's some really well edited scenes in that one, but my favorite, uh, like one of my favorite scenes in the movie, is the first time we go back to 1960s and she's dancing. Uh, like it cuts between Thomas and Mackenzie dancing with Matt Smith and Anya Taylor Joy dancing with Matt Smith, and the and uh, just such a brilliantly edited scene. I love this movie, and I'm sorry that people have big issues with it but i just like it so kill me uh i'm not gonna kill you i will say this was gonna be my pick for worst i'll pick something else now here and and i i'll try as hard as i can i'm not that i i try not to be the type of person that doesn't like a movie and then refuses to see anything good about it i will admit that dance sequence that you were talking about jack is the best scene in the movie by far it's incredibly well edited. And I was sitting there thinking, fuck, this is really well done. Like super well done. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a bad performance here. I think that some actors and actresses are given the short end of the stick. Uh, Diana Rigg actually being one of them. I think that she, people are praising her and she's given like, nothing to do and i don't want to spoil anything but one of the things that she has to do i found laughably bad um my main problem with the movie has to do with the spoiler so i'm not gonna really get into it but like with without getting into it as much as possible this movie paints a picture of how the 60s uh were and clearly there's a lot of love there and that's great but i feel like then the payoff of the movie completely contradicts everything else the movie is saying up to that point and i had a big problem with that uh do i think it's an awful movie no it, it's not an awful movie um there's a lot of convenience there's a lot of like things that just like happen uh that are like okay that's this super convenient uh but at the end of the day my big problem is with the third act i thought it was a mess uh there was one part that literally had me out loud laugh out loud because of how stupid i thought it was um so again i gave it a two star uh, is it the worst movie ever made no uh, i think it's far and away edgar wright's worst movie um, but I don't know it. I wanted it to work for me. I was really looking forward to it. The whole, I, I would rather, well, I liked the trailer for this movie better than I liked the movie at the end of the day. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I was very frustrated by it. I wish I liked it more. Uh, but I just, I, I didn't, I, I saw antlers the same day, which isn't a great movie either. It's fine, but I liked that more. And I'm, I never thought I would say I liked a Scott Cooper horror movie more than a Edgar Wright weird mind fuck movie. So I don't know, man. Uh, Boatman, you saw this, right? 
Yeah, I'm I'm on team. I really like this movie. I understand like why people don't like this. Is definitely one where I get it. It is not a movie for everyone. I think it is a movie that is dealing with a lot of complicated feelings, and I feel like those contradictions that you're alluding to. I would argue that's kind of the point and part of the reason why I like the movie is that it is kind of about these the complex feeling that comes from nostalgia is what I feel like that you know it, it, it kind of trying to represent both the good and the bad. But uh, I I just really love the aesthetic of that movie. Like I'll be honest, that's like a big draw. Is just everything in the sixties. I just love so much, uh, and I I think the performances are all great. And I just think like the psychological mystery of it all from Thomason's McKenzie's perspective, I actually found really intriguing and really really. Intriguing. And I, I really like these kind of psychological horror, how much of it is real, how much of it isn't. Like, I really like that. So that that's kind of where I am. It's, it's just a lot of things I really like in movies, but I understand people's problems for it. They just weren't problems for me. I will say one more thing that I thought of while you were talking about, man. Uh, the sound design in this movie is also really well done. Uh, the first 23 minutes or so, um, this is a very little thing and a nerdy thing, but the first 23 of the um, minutes of the movie, all of the sound is comes from the front channels. So you're getting no surround sound the whole time. And when she walks through that alley in the big trailer moment that everybody sees, and she sees the big James Bond Thunderball sign, that's when all the sound kicks in and the surround speakers really well done stuff like that's stuff like that is really cool i like it when movies do that so i did appreciate that uh payson what do you think of last night and so yeah i i'd be lying if i said i didn't really really like this movie um i think the direction that wright puts into this film oh that's so sad i'm sorry cody no uh i i i think the direction that wright puts in this film is so much fun and so energetic like all of his movies um, I, I, I do think it's probably on the weaker side of his filmography, but I still do ha have a lot of fun with this. I think Thomas and Mackenzie is fantastic. The way how you are just immediately gravitated to her character and how you immediately feel sympathy for her with being so out of place, I think worked really well for the movie. And yeah, all the dream sequences are both super fun, but also have like a tinge of darkness, which I get if the juxtaposition bothers people. I think it really works for me. Um, if I were to say something I didn't like, I do think when this movie gets like super, super trippy, I don't quite enjoy it as much, but I still do think it paid off for me to the point where I, I would say I did really, really like this movie. Um, yeah, I I loved it. All right. Uh, Payson, we'll stay, stay with you for your favorite uh, movie of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my favorite of the week, movie of the week is a rewatch from my favorite directors working. It's in my top five. It's one of their most underrated. Uh, it's Miller's Crossing by uh, the Coen brothers. Uh, I think this film is excellent. I think it's one of their quieter movies, probably one of their least Coen-esque. Like, there's not as much, like, humor in this one. It really is just a great crime drama of this guy who's of uh, this guy named Tom, played by Gabriel Byrne, who's floating from crime boss to crime boss, trying to essentially just stay alive. Um... I think the score in this movie is one of the best is the best score in any Coen Brothers movie. Just the way how it uses just like um, just French horns and bagpipes, I I think is just 
excellent. I think it's gorgeous. Um, it's the last one that was shot by Barry Sonnenfeld, even though it looks like it was shot. Wow, that was the most fucking nerdy thing I've ever said in my life. Um, moving on. No, it um, isn't. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but no, I, I this movie is shot beautifully. Um, I think... The cast from Finney to Polito to Totoro. This is the first Coen Brothers movie that starred John Totoro. I think he's excellent as like this slime ball that everyone that is related to someone important. So he thinks he can do um, things and get away with them. But the second every the shit starts hitting the fan, he starts realizing how bad in the water he is. No, I just I just love this movie and yeah. Um, I've talked about it a lot. I'm very hit or miss on Cohen's. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of their movies, but the ones that I have seen, um, I'm very much in either I really like it or I really don't. Um, so I have no feelings about whether to or not watch this movie. I will watch it eventually and I will feel the way about it. But I think, uh, I think you would enjoy this one. I actually, I agree with Mason. I think you would enjoy Miller's Crossing. I think you'd like the, the crime gangster elements of it all. Cool. It's more drama than comedy, is what I will say. The last Coen Brothers movie I watched, I really didn't like, and I know that Payson loves it. So, well, a serious man. A, a serious man. <laughs> I, I think you would hate that one. No, that well, is not. That was not a Tim movie. Tim would hate that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bowman, Miller's Crossing. Uh yeah, I really like Miller's Crossing. Uh, I I just love the way Tom Hagen is double crossing everybody. Like, that's just the way he is playing everybody off of everybody. And he just comes so close to, to screwing it all up. And it just just the, all of the complex dynamics of this underworld is so cool. Uh, I love John Toledo. I think he might. Like, I, I go back and forth in terms of, like, John Turturro and John Polito, like, what is my favorite supporting performance in this movie? Albert Finney's also great, but, like, Polito, like, bursts off the screen in this movie when he's yelling, like, he's great. Uh, I like, he's not in the movie very much, but I really like Steve Buscemi's little bit part in it. I think he's a lot of fun. Marsha Gay Harden's great. Uh, I, love, I love the aesthetic of this movie. What's the rumpus, Tom? Like, so great. The dialogue in this movie is so Irish. Like, it just has, like, yeah. a great Irish feel. And, yeah. Jack, have you seen it? I have seen four Coen Brothers movies, and none of them are this one. Uh, by Payson's description of John Turturro's character, the way he started that description sounded like Percy from The Green Mile, and there is no character in film that I hate more than Percy. But then Boatman said there is, that Steve Buscemi's in it, so uh, maybe I'll watch it. That's fair. All right. Uh, we will now move on to our least favorite movie that we logged this week. Um, I actually didn't watch a ton of bad movies. Uh, there's one I watched that is real big booty, terrible ass, but uh, it's it's a fandom movie. I watched it to study, and it, it's Electra. I don't have much to say about Electra uh, that I haven't said about many other films I've talked about that I've watched for studying. Um, but it makes me sad that in a, I live in a world where I've seen like six Coen Brothers movies, but I've seen Electra four times this year. Uh, so, you know, that's the world I live in. Rob, 
fan. Rob Bowman, you fucker. You made a movie I hate. I don't really have much else to say. Boatman, Electra. Uh, I have not seen Electra. That's fair. That's fair. Payson. Uh, I have not seen Electra, but I currently queued up a Bring Me to Life by Evanescence. So I will be listening to that uh, after yeah. long. Fuck you, Boatman. Daredevil slaps. I wasn't here last week. Oh, Daredevil slaps, but... <laughs> Daredevil's not a good it is, I'll give you the Evanescence song, Rock. It is, it is the 2000s comic book movie camp that I love from that age. Uh, but I was that aesthetic does not work for me, like, at all. Well, I was, like, nine or ten when that came out, and you were, like, two, right? So I was like, three. That okay, so that potentially four, depending on when it came out. February 2003. Okay, I was three. Jack, Daredevil, or no, Electra. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Electra. Uh, but what I all I've heard of it is Thomas Scully talking bad things about it on worst fandom movies. So that's, that's all I know. That's true. Wait, all right, top 10 worst. He it was his number 10, I think. No, I, I was asking Tim. Would, would, it, would it correct you? Uh, no, probably not, honestly. That's fair. Wow. It's a one-star movie, but it's like there's a lot of other bad ones. Uh, okay, Boatman, your least favorite you logged this week. My least favorite movie I logged this week. I'm in a very a similar situation to you in that there's really nothing bad I've logged this week. And literally there's nothing I've rated below three and a half stars that I've watched this week. So I have to pick a movie I had a really fun time with. Uh, so apologies to this movie. It is literally the least favorite. Muppet Treasure Island is a really fun movie. Like, I, I enjoyed Muppet Treasure Island. But, like, at the same time, in terms of Muppet canon, it's not, like, one of my favorite Muppet movies. It is... I'm not big on, like, the Treasure Island story to begin with, so, like, that's kind of part of it. Uh, but Tim Curry is so much fun in this movie. Uh, I would, I, I either would, I wish they would have maybe gone just a little bit more Muppetier with it. It just, there are some points where it just doesn't quite feel, like, Muppety enough, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but Tim Curry's really fun. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't love Miss Piggy in this one. I feel like that doesn't like the third act kind of falls apart once they actually get off the boat. But Tim Curry's a whole lot of fun. Like I, I think Tim Curry just should always be with the Muppets. Like he, he just he he is a Muppet. If we're being honest, like he's he's so much fun. Uh, like yeah, like Fozzie's not in this one a lot, and I love Fozzie. Scooter's not in this one at all, and I love Scooter. So like, you are Scooter. I am Scooter. Um. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a big Muppet fan. This probably ranks, like, my second least favorite Muppet movie. I still like it. Um, but, yeah, it's not my favorite by a large margin. Um, although it has one of my favorite uh, Muppet movie moments, which is Jim, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, 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 Jimmy. I'm not Jim. He's Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jim. I love that scene very much. Uh, but yeah, the movie's fine. There's some good songs in it. Um, I really like Kermit in this one, actually. Um, and I like Gonzo and Rizzo in this one quite a bit. Um, but overall, yeah, it's, it's lower tier Muppet movie. Uh, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, but 
yeah, I would agree with pretty much everything Boatman said. Uh, Payson, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, uh, this is a fun one. Uh, like like everyone said, it's it's not one of the better ones, but um, still still a fun movie. The the Muppets are almost always it, it, it at least gives you somewhat of a good time. Tim Curry's excellent. Yeah, uh, Gonzo stand for life. So let's go. I do love the great Gonzo, uh, Jack. I can think of two movies uh, that have something to do with uh, the Treasure Island story that I've seen. One of them is Journey to the Mysterious Island, and the other is uh, Treasure Planet, which is great. So I haven't seen this one, though. If by great you mean bad, then sure. Uh, Oh, it's fine. (laughs) I hate Treasure Planet. Uh, Payson, your least favorite movie longest week. Yeah, um... I didn't come on here wanting to piss you off, but uh, you you talked about it. Uh, I've I've been going through a Wes Anderson rewatch. I like almost all of his movies, except for one specific one. I'm not a fan of Darjeeling Limited. Oh, okay. Uh, there's just something about that movie that I just don't think connects with me. I don't find the characters like particularly interesting. Like I, I get that he was really going for like a brotherly dynamic between all three of these. Uh, characters but i just it it, there's something that was just missing um brian talked about this earlier last week where some actors just kind of get like how to say a certain director's like dialogue some of them don't i think owen wilson really knows how to do wes anderson stuff well i think jason schwartzman knows how to do wes anderson stuff well this might be a hot take i don't think brody is that great in this movie nor in most other wes anderson movies i think he's kind of out of place um, I, I get it. He's an Oscar winner and everything, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I, I genuinely just find this to be kind of like a slow paced movie and boring. Um, thankfully it's short, so you get out of the way, but like, yeah, of all the movies in his filmography, this one is easily the most forgettable. Uh, I don't disagree with that, that it's one of the more forgettable ones because I, I've only seen it once. And then uh, the point is, the time I saw it, I enjoyed it, and I think I went in with super low expectations because everybody had said yeah. that it was uh, the one that people don't like. And I, and I don't uh, even want to get into the other like more serious stuff that you could talk about how this movie uses different cultures. I don't want to get into that, but yeah, sure. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't remember. I've okay, seen it okay. once. I liked it then. Um, okay. I I like Adrian Brody though. I remember I I, I disagree with you there. I, I think he's good. He, I I actually really liked him in French Dispatch. He has a line that made me laugh out loud so hard, and it is not a spoiler in the slightest. Uh, but there's literally a part of the movie where a title card comes up that says three months later, and then it's just Adrian Brody's face where he says, it's been three months. And I just, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it fucking killed me. I think I like him in these movies. I thought he was great in French Dispatch. Um, I liked him in his uh, other roles in Wes Anderson movies, so... Uh, including this one. So I remember enjoying all three of the the leads. Um, I think you're right, though. Owen Wilson and Jason Schwartzman definitely know what they're doing when they're... Oh, I I would say Owen Wilson gets Wes Anderson more than any other actor, even more than, like, Bill Murray. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Boatman, Darjeeling Limited. Haven't seen it. Oh. One of the few Wes Anderson movies I have not seen. Okay. Uh, Jack? I have seen three Wes Anderson movies, and none of them are this one. <coughs> All right. 
I just love how you start every every time you're about to say you're not you haven't seen a movie, you're like, I've seen this amount of movies, but not this one. <laughs> uh okay, Jack, your least favorite movie along this week. I mean I, I much like you guys, I just haven't really seen a whole lot of bad movies. Uh, but this one, I, I did watch Midsummer to prep for this one, but I ended up really liking it this time around. I don't know why, but I did. But no, I'm going to go with Halloween Kills. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a terrible movie, and, and, and especially in the Halloween franchise, it's one of the better entries, I think. But, like, that's not a high bar. Um, but, like, no, I, there's... It's just kind of a mess. Uh, it's very much the middle chapter in a trilogy, and you can feel that. And But there are, though, some great kills in this movie, uh, I thought, anyways. Uh, and Michael Myers, as always, is a whole lot of fun. But the one thing this movie did uh, give me some joy doing was I got to dress up as Michael Myers for three days while this movie was in, in our theater for the Halloween weekend. Scared the shit out of everyone that walked out of the theater. It was so much fun. Uh, movie's not great though. It's fine. Uh, movie's bad. I don't like this movie. I'm a big Halloween fan. Uh, if you didn't know, I really, really like the franchise. Even some of the bad ones. Uh, one of my favorites being The Return of Michael Myers, which is not a great movie, but I love it. Uh, yeah, I just had a lot of issues with the story in this movie. Um, I didn't love the direction they took. Uh, with some of the characters they brought back. I thought Anthony and Michael Hall was not good in this and what they do with the Tommy character. Uh, while better than whatever the fuck they did with Paul Rudd back in the 90s, uh, didn't didn't dig it here. Um, I think I, I was talking to uh, Cody about this. I think they did something in this movie. Um, they They turned Michael Myers into Jason Voorhees. And I hate that. Uh, to me, Michael Myers is a uh, the boogeyman. He is the shape. He is the guy who will stalk babysitters and then uh, kill them randomly for no apparent reason. Um, and he just didn't feel that way in this movie to me. That's a preference thing. That's a personal thing. Uh, for some people, it works. It didn't work for me. I thought the the kills in this movie were over the top and gruesome to be over the top and gruesome. Um, and it didn't really fall in line with the Michael in this uh, timeline of the movies. Um, the Rob Zombie Halloween, I'm on record saying I like a lot. Um, uh, people don't, I get it. I understand why you don't, that movie's grotesque and over the top. And I'm fine with that because it's not the same Michael Myers. Uh, to me, he just didn't work in this movie. This movie didn't work for me. Now I've also said, on the other hand, I like where they're going at the end of the day, the movie ends. And I was like, okay, this sets up something cool for the next one. If they stick the landing, Maybe I'll feel different in next year or two years, whenever the next one's coming out. Um, but as of right now, not a big fan of this one. I will watch it again and probably find something to like about it. Um, but I, I watched it the once uh, opening night, and I, I didn't have a good time. Uh, Boatman, I would be shocked if you had seen this. I have not seen it. And I here's the thing. 
One person told me I would actually kind of like this, and then two people told me I would hate it. Was it Caleb Coho who told you you would like it? Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking. Shocked. Who told you you would hate it? You and Cody. Oh, smart. Okay, we're smart people. <laughs> Listen to us. Uh, Payson, you saw yeah. this, right? Yeah, add me to the people that would say, Bowman, you would not like this. No, I think this is a bad movie. Uh, this, to me, is just like kind of like the epitome for me of like lazy, just bad slasher movies. Um, I think it takes some very weird choices. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler. All I will say is you spend a lot of time on characters that I don't think you would personally care. Most people would personally care about, at least I didn't care about while the other characters are kind of sidelined through the majority of the film. Um, and so when I'm just watching nameless people sort of fight off against this um, shape or this unstoppable force, I'm just not that interested. I can clearly tell it wanted to say something like kind of important, but it never fully got there for me yeah. because it always still wanted to be an over-the-top gory slasher movie. And I think either of them is fine if they if David Gordon Green would have committed um, I personally wasn't even that big of a fan of the 2018 one. I enjoyed that one. I don't love it like some people do, but that one makes, um, but this one makes that one look much, much better. And what you were saying about the twist, uh, what you were saying about the end, I was super excited. At the end, it makes you seem like it's going to do something like insane. And I was like, okay, I'm really down for it. And then it just decides, no, we're just going to do the same thing. So. That's yeah, I see where you're coming from that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this movie is the, like, at the end of the day, it, it, I, I'm going to compare it to Star Wars, which I think is a little unfair, but I'm going to. Um, there are people who love the original Star Wars trilogy, and nothing else will ever top that. And I'm kind of that way with Halloween. Nothing is ever going to reach that original movie. So no matter what they do, I'm always going to be a little disappointed um and that's how i feel about star wars to this day um and i think it's kind of the same way the, the people who are going in and this is maybe their second halloween movie or they just rushed and watched the 2018 and the 78 before seeing this one probably will have a good time and will enjoy the movie and like it for what it is and that's fine um and then there's the people who you know are big fans of that original movie and this just doesn't hold a candle to it. So it frustrates them more. It's one of those weird movies that I think is going to go down as like just a weird entry in the series overall. So um, I will say the best thing that this movie gave us is Mike Hanley just working the phrase evil dies tonight into any possible conversation. That's accurate. Uh, okay. What movie did we add to our watch list that we are most excited about? Are uh, excited about? Oh. <laughs> did I freeze or did Bowman? He clicked off of something. He clicked out of the show. That's funny. Um, so what uh, I'm going to say for mine, um, I think I've actually said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Cody recommended Carlito's Way to me. I've not seen it. I just Great. bought it. It was on sale on 4K, so I picked it up. I'm going to watch it. Very much looking forward to seeing that. Um, Cody knows my taste very well when it comes to movies, so he said I'd like it. I trust that. Uh, it's got the Pachin in it, so I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, Jack, what movie did you add to your watch list that you're most excited about? 
Uh, this week I haven't really added a whole lot to my watch list, but I think this was this week. Might be a little older, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, The Others, which I, I've heard good things about. I've never seen it. I've been avoiding the end of it like the plague because yeah, don't don't let it be spoiled for you yeah no i any any time it comes up on like a list on youtube i'm like nope skip 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 skip. nope i don't want to know that so but i think i've done a good job of that so yeah excited to watch that one if i can find it somewhere yeah i think it's on you could probably find it to rent or buy on streaming somewhere it that that's a great movie um payson First of all, I want to say I love the nickname of the Pachin. I'm going to start using that. that that's a really good one. But in second, uh, my favorite time of year started, or one of my two favorite times of year, and that is the Barnes & Noble Criterion sale, where all Criterion Blu-rays are 50% off. And I, uh, I picked up this one for my first purchase. It is uh, Akira Kurosawa's High and Low. I have heard so many incredible things about this one. Uh, it is not a samurai film, which is what I think what Kurosawa is probably most famous for. It is a thriller about, uh, from what I've gathered, it's about a guy who owns a shoe company and he is front and center in an embezzlement conspiracy because someone kidnaps his son. And it's this whole thriller of like, okay, but if I don't get my son, I might get more money. And from everything, from everyone, I've, everyone's told me this movie's a masterpiece and I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah. I, I, I knew the sale had started. I forgot. I kind of forgot though. I, uh, my internet cut out trying to get back in. Okay. Boatman. Uh, he just messaged that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to buying some movies. I might have to pick that one up. Okay. November 29th. Yep. Yep. The whole month. Very excited. Um, (laughs) Kurt Kolkowski has entered the chat. Um, all right. We're going to move on to the main part of the show. Bowman will get back eventually. I believe in him. I have the faith. Um, we're going to start uh, our ensembles movie list. Um, I'm going to go first with a, a generic choice. Uh, every week I message Caleb Coho and I say, hey, here's the topic today. I need a thumbnail. And he sends me a thumbnail. And most of the time he picks what I'm thinking. So I'm going with Knives Out. That's what the thumbnail was. Uh it was the most recent one I could think of that I really, really liked and enjoyed. This was a movie that has grown on me. Um, there are like the Marvel movies and the Pixar movies and Star Wars and all those big stuff that I love. That is part of the reason why I do fandom. Um, I watch those movies over and over and over again all the time. Rarely do I find a movie that is a movie. <laughs> a normal movie that i love so much that i could just watch on repeat this is one of them i think this movie is so endlessly rewatchable filled with so many fun performances from beginning to end daniel craig is so good in this movie Ana de armas is so great in this movie the entire supporting cast including caleb boatman uh, is so great in this movie. <laughs> that was good. That was Thank good. You. Thank you very much. Uh, my favorite, uh, what not my favorite, but one of my favorite moments in this movie is uh, Michael Shannon uh, shoving cookies in Chris Evans' face. I will not eat one iota. Uh, this movie's just overall. So fantastic from beginning to end. It, I remember seeing it in the theater, and uh, I, I don't want to get the movie's still fairly new, it's only two years old, so I don't want to spoil it. But I remember like 
the twist happening and me being like, oh, okay, kind of saw that one coming. But then it's, it works so well the way it's done. It just, it works so well. I'm really excited for the sequels. I hate that they're coming out on Netflix. That pisses me off to no fucking end. I want to see them in a theater, so the theater near me better play them. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, I just love this movie. Boatman, what do you think about Knives Out? I love Knives Out. This is a movie that like has just gotten better every single time I have rewatched it. Like the first time I saw it, I like really liked it, but I've just I've loved it more and more like ever on every subsequent rewatch because there's just so many little things like in the dialogue. They're not even necessarily like big story things, but they're just little things that reveal about characters that I just really love. I love this all these characters. Uh, I I think there's just so much going on under the surface. Perfect pick for ensemble because there's not a bad performance in this movie. Everyone is fantastic here. Uh, I think that. Uh, Craig is obviously super fun. Uh, Tony Collette is one of my favorite things in this movie. I think she is like so like she she is playing a character that is very like you could c- could come off as like just the worst and very annoying. And I think she plays it in such a way where you still like find her annoying without finding her like i want to shut this movie off annoying and like where she's still funny and i think that like i read a tweet about a new yorker article about you like it's little things like that in the hands of a lesser actress that could have come across as like so obnoxious and i think colette just knows the exact perfect way for it I, i love just everyone in this movie perfect perfect selection jason what about you no, I think this movie is excellent. Uh, I think it's super fun. Uh, I think the cast is working on all cylinders. I think Don Johnson, I don't think people talk about enough in this movie. I think he's really funny. I think uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is excellent. Anna Armas, I think it kind of, I, I, I know she had been in previous things before. I think it kind of introduced most of us to Anna Armas to see how great of an actress she could be. I want to get that coffee cup that she has end because uh that coffee cup at the end is, is such a great payoff with the, great my moment. house my house my my rules my coffee i i i know i can never write that as a question because it's not set but i want to write that as a question uh, i can't do it now but um no i i this movie is super witty um not the greatest screenplay of the 21st century like some people in this community like to say you did backpedal it to original screenplay of the 2010s nice okay nice buddy um and then, um, and, and then, like, and it, but, but I also think it is a great, like, fall movie in a way, and it's fun to watch, like, during this time because I think the iconography really helps the movie. So, yeah, Knives Out, excellent film. Jack, you see Knives Out? I did three times in the theater, and it was great every single time. I uh, saw it with my brother for the first time. It's one of the better movies we've seen together in the theater. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, no, it, everything you guys said, it's just, incredible like i i could listen to uh yeah no i i could honestly listen to uh or just watch a movie with daniel craig and his uh kentucky fried foghorn leghorn drawl uh the whole time like that, CSI that such a great such a great movie uh donut whole thing is so good, so good. Uh, 
I I agree. It's uh, a very well written movie. Best uh, original screenplay of 2010s, and eh, but it's it's still great. The macaw has entered and is giving me a weird look because I'm on the couch. She's very confused. Uh, all right. Can I, can I say something very quick? Sure. Uh, we were on call with Spence, and Spence thought the, uh, Daniel Craig's character in Knives Out was named Blanche Dubois, so that he <laughs> shouted out. <laughs> I have always depended on Paul. Oh, my God. Hey, Stella. All right, Boatman, your first pick. Uh, my first pick... Yeah, I'm just going to do the obvious pick. Uh, I think this is the greatest film of all time. So it is, of course, the greatest ensemble of all time. 12 Anchorman. Oh, sorry. I was close. What did you say? What did you say? I said, I said Anchorman 2. <laughs> uh, 12 Anchorman. That Criterion poster rocks. Uh, 12 Angry Men. I think that this is just, this is the perfect ensemble, in my opinion. There is not like a performance in this movie that is bad. Every single like, th th and this isn't like a giant star-studded ensemble. Like there are some ensembles I love that are like it's just name, 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 name. No, it's like mainly character actors. But these are all like character actors giving their best performances. Like I think Henry Fonda is one of the most legendary actors of all time, and I think he is giving maybe his best performance in this movie. He is like my fifth favorite performance in the movie. Like I think that Lee J. Cobb might be my favorite performance of all time in this movie. The way he goes from like this kind of aggressive friendliness to just pure rage is incredible. I love Jack Warden in this movie. I love Jack Klugman in this movie. John Fiedler is my spirit animal, uh, better known as the voice of Piglet. Martin Balsam. Uh, Robert Weber is really good as Juror 12. Uh, let, you know, let's put it out on the scoop and see if the cat looks it up. Uh, I, I love every, every single character in this movie has something to do and some great little moment. And I, I just think this is just one of the, the best like ensembles ever made. There's not a weak link in the chain. So to be clear, you're not talking about the 90s William Friedkin film. I'm not talking about that as a TV movie. So not ah, a show. Uh, but I do want to see that because Jack Lemon as Juror 8 and George C. Scott as Juror Number 3 really intrigues me. Uh, I saw this movie in high school. Haven't seen it since. Uh, I will rewatch it eventually. I will get there. Uh, but I have seen it before, and there are other things I want to see first. Uh, but I remember really enjoying it when I saw it in high school. Um, I think uh, recently Cody Newberry yelled at me for having this movie at a four-star rating. But again, I saw it when I was 17. I can't, I, I, I don't, that was almost 10 years ago. I can't, I can't remember much about it. Uh, Pace it, 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men is fantastic. Um, maybe one of, I think you could make an argument that, oh, I'm echoing. Uh, I think you make an argument that Lumet may have wrote, written the two greatest screenplays of all time with both this and network. Um, but no, the way how the cast just completely works off each other. You already mentioned him. Jack Warden is my personal favorite. Um, I thankfully have never been in a circumstance that had this great of stakes, but I have been the Jack Warden character so many times in my life 
where I'm just like, look, I got things to do today. I'll just go with the popular thing if we can just get out of here quicker. And I think he just plays that character so well. Lee J. Cobb is fantastic. Um, everyone else is incredible. I know how much you love <laughs> Roman's dying. Um, Jack, 12 Angry Men. This movie is kind of perfect. I'm not going to lie to you. I love this movie. It's one of my favorites, uh, 100%. I, yeah, no, I don't have a bad thing to say about this movie. It's, yeah, uh, like, incredible. Like, I kind of called this before the show that you were going to pick, that Boatman was going to pick that. And I thought you were going to pick something else, but now I'm going to pick what I thought you were going to pick. So, so right. yeah. it's a All good right. one. Payson, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, when I got this list, I knew exactly what I was going to take. It's probably my favorite ensemble of all time. It's uh, it's Boogie Nights. Uh, nice. Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Um, every single cast member to the end, to me in this movie is firing on all cylinders. Whether it's Burt Reynolds as uh, Jack Horner, whether it's Don Cheadle, I think Don Cheadle is easily the most underrated performance in this movie. Not enough people talk about him. About just this guy that you want to see succeed. Uh, if I had more room, I would do the whole like thing he does in the stereo shop. I'm not going to do that. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman just maybe has 20 minutes of screen time and he captivates you immediately. I think most people, when they think of this movie, they think of the I'm an idiot scene in the car where he's just like, man, I'm such a moron and I can't believe I did this. Um, my favorite performance in the film is Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore as Amber Waves as just this drug-addicted porn star that just wants to, that has just failed. Like, she's had her daughter taken away and she wants to get her back, but she just can't get over those personal, like, struggles and demons that she has, I think, is excellent. And, of course, I I, I wish John C. Riley did more roles like this where, like, he's dumb, but, like, he's so endearing and there's still just, like, so much to it. And I could go on and on. Um, Willie hates me. What? Oh, so yeah. I feel like that's a lot of his performances. Yeah. Understandable, understandable. Yeah, uh, William H Macy is incredible. Mark Wahlberg is, of course, incredible. One of the first like leading roles he ever did. I I know he doesn't like <laughs> because he got super Jesusy, but I do think this movie is very, very excellent. And just hearing all like the behind the scenes stories of how this cast like really came together as a family on this movie, I think really helps this movie. And it it, it it's it's just a movie about these people that like they found this weird thing that they're all in, in porn and it just sort of connects all of them. And I, and I, and I really, really love it. And I just love this cast. I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, it's probably my favorite PTA. Um, I used to think it was punch drunk love. I think I like this more. Um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. And I've actually only seen it, I think twice. Um, I watched it for I, I went through all of PTA's movies before Phantom Thread came out, so that would have been the first nice. time I saw it. And then I watched it again with uh, Maggie uh, about a year ago during uh, quarantine at some point. Um, I yeah, I really like the movie a lot. I think all the performances across the board are great. I agree. William H Macy's performance uh, and uh, I don't I don't like spoiling things, but something that happens in the movie like with him like is just it, oof every time. Uh, the movie is long, but if you can get past that, I think it, I think it works. I think it, it really works for me, um, from beginning to end and on like you either like PTA or you don't like PTA, but I think, I, love I think that. this one is one of, despite the subject matter, I think 
this is one of the more easily accessible PTA movies. That first half is just so fun that it sort of like gears you up for how dark that second half gets. Yeah. I think most people are usually, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. Uh, You saying something in this movie is long. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Hey, uh, Bowman. 13 inches, I treat you well. Bowman, Jesus. Uh, Yeah, no, Boogie Nights is great. Uh, this is a movie I want to watch more because uh, I I've only seen it the one time. Uh, this was one of my first like rebel movies because I was like sixteen and I was like I'm gonna watch an R-rated movie and it was it was this and uh, this this is because I was like I really like Paul Thomas Anderson and I want to watch more Paul Thomas Anderson so haha um, but no uh, I I I love this ensemble like this is a great pick. Uh, I I really like um, Philip Baker Hall in this. He's not in it a lot, but like he, whenever he shows up, he's great. Like there's a lot of just little character actor like moments. Like not a character actor, but like Alfred Molina. Oh gosh, how did I forget Molina? Yeah, like Alfred Molina's scene is awesome. Uh, I don't know if you Heather Graham, but Heather Graham I think is great. Uh, just just the whole cast is fantastic. Jack, what about you? I have seen one PTA movie, and it's not this. Which one is it? There will be blood. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Film studies. So yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah licorice pizza. Uh. I'm already. I'm doing the Caleb Coho thing, where I go on Twitter and I uh, haven't seen all the movies that have come out, but I'm predicting what they're gonna win at the yeah, Oscars. Uh, licorice pizza, best picture. Uh. And they're going to create a best song used in a trailer Oscar. Licorice uh, Pizza is going to win. Um, oh, wait, no. Life on Mars. I'm so hyped. Uh, okay. Then we will move on to Jack. I'm seeing a Paul Thomas Anderson film on my birthday. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so... This movie is my favorite movie of all time, and I'm actually shocked that uh, Tim didn't pick it. It's The Return of the King. You fucker. You ruined the bit. Damn it. Okay, you're fine. Because I'm perfect. sorry. This movie's incredible. I love this movie so much. Uh, the ensemble of characters is incredible. I love, 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 love Sean Astin in this movie. He is just the best, best person. Uh, no, uh, Viggo Mortensen's awesome uh orlando bloom's great elijah wood even uh even though how much you might hate frodo he's he's given a solid performance and john noble as much as you might hate denethor gives a great performance uh no uh peter jackson did like one of the uh he made i think the greatest movie trilogy of all time uh it's just incredible to see on screen and the to the people that say this movie's boring why why do you why do you do this to me um makes me sad every time i go on letterbox and read those reviews but no uh this is just great i can't say enough great things about it i i love this movie favorite movie of all, of all time no question yeah um i i was gonna pick uh actually i was i was gonna pick this for my next one um i love this movie fellowship was my favorite for a really long time 
Uh, but this year I decided that Return of the King is is my favorite. Um, yeah, Jack kind of said it. It's it's the greatest movie trilogy of all time, in my opinion. Um, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter the the time or the day. I can fall in love with these characters, this uh, world over and over and over again. Um, this movie, especially because there's so much payoff for everything um, is just great. Yeah. The, there are few movie scenes in history where I get emotional every single time I watch them. And part of that comes from the fact that usually when I watch this movie, I watch them all in a row. Um, it's been a long time since I've watched any of the Lord of the Rings movies, not at least in the same four to five day range, if not a day, two days, um, especially back last year in 2020 during quarantine, Maggie and I watched the whole trilogy, I think on three separate occasions in one day. So like these movies mean a lot to me. Jack hit it on the head. It's, it's, kind of a the perfect movie uh yes jack uh one more performance i wanted to shine a light on uh, uh miranda otto is eowyn uh, i i love her performance in this movie i really do so yeah just one more that i want to say yep uh boatman i'll be honest this is my least favorite of the three uh i'll be honest i might even like unexpected journey more than Sherlock the king uh what I, I'm fine with you. I, you liking this the least out of the three as whatever to me yeah, because I, because I love all three so much. But then you took it a step too far. I mean, I really had fun with unexpected. That that should be more of a. I just really had fun with unexpected. Journey. I do too. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, well, I'm I'm not, like this one is just probably the least boatman of like all the Rings movies. Um. And that, that's kind of the thing is it's just it's a lot of like battle emphasis. Like the other two are the more like story centric and this is all payoff. And I just prefer the more like story character centric ones. Um, but I get it. I get why this is like most people's favorite and why it won all those doctors. Like I get it. But it's it's not not I think the ensemble is good. If we're talking ensemble, I just feel like there's more character moments than like fellowship like, in two towers. But I get it because, and it really, Fellowship is the one where the ensemble is actually like together for most of the movie, whereas Two Towers and Return of the King, the ensemble is all kind of spread out. Yeah, that's fair. Payson, what about you? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it short. The movie's amazing. One of the greatest trilogies of all time. Fantastic pick. Uh, Andy Circus, probably my favorite part of the ensemble, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, excellent film. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a backup, uh, but I, I searched the interwebs and I found one. Um, and it's actually something I rewatched recently. We've talked about it on the show recently. And I think Payson was there. Boatman was definitely there. Uh, it's uh, 20, 2014. Ooh, I might have the year wrong. Nope, it's 2015. I'm going to change it. I don't even need the year on here. Why am I doing that? Uh, Spotlight. Uh, we talked about this. I don't, I think someone brought it. Queller brought it up as his favorite that he uh, logged that week. Um, yeah, big fan of this. I rewatched it that night after the show because of uh, them uh, us talking about it and me thinking I hadn't seen this movie in a long time and uh, rewatched it. It's great. The whole ensemble is 
so good. Um, not just the spotlight team, but also um, you have uh, Liev Schreiber in there doing, I think, a very like subtle but really good performance. And uh, Howard Stark, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, uh, John Slattery. 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 Oh, Slattery. John Slattery. John, John, Slattery. John Slattery. John Slattery, yes. Roger uh, Sterling and Madman. Yeah, he's very, very good in this, too. I think he's underrated as well. But uh, Ruffalo is the one that just kills me every time. Keaton is so good in this movie. The the back-to-back punch of Birdman and this from Keaton is so good. He's just so likable in the movie. Um, Rachel McAdams is absolutely great. Is it uh, Brian Darcy James, I think is his name, Mm -hmm. too, who's the other guy on the team? Uh, really enjoy his performance as well. Brad and Molly's game. Sure. Uh, and the movie, it just, it's a super touchy subject, but I think they handle it so, so well. Um, big fan of this one. Boatman, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I don't have the love for Spotlight that like you and Cody do, but I think it's a really good movie. Uh, I, I think, like this ensemble, my favorite part of this movie is Lee Schreiber. I think Lee Schreiber is the, the best performance, kind of this outsider who has this like real passion for this subject and is kind of, it, it feels almost personal for Lee Schreiber more than the others. And I just think that's a, a really interesting dynamic in it from the team. Uh, but I, I really like Stanley Tucci in the movie. Billy Crudup is one of those, uh, Billy Crudup is one of those actors that like, I feel like just I. The more I watch of him, the more I realize he just got miscast like to heck after Russell Hammond, because uh, he is really good in this. Uh, I, I just think he has a lot of like performances where it's like eh, he's he's just wrong for this character. Have you have you seen Twentieth Century Woman? Women? Uh yes, and I do really like him. I thought he was. Yeah, no, he's really good. Like, recently he's made a lot of good decisions, but, like, Mission Impossible 3 and Watchmen. Would you call him a golden god? Yeah. All right. Uh, Payson, Spotlight, your take. Uh, Spotlight's great. Um, This is, there was a time when I thought this was one of the weaker Best Picture winners of the 2010s. I was dumb. This movie's excellent. Um, I think it really tackles an important subject very well. I think the ensemble works off each other extremely well. Ruffalo, I agree, is the standout. Uh, I think Stallone would have been my personal winner that year, but if not for Stallone, uh, Ruffalo is the person I do think would have won Best Sporting Actor if we're not going to nominate Del Toro for Sicario, but that's just me. Um, I've, I've, I've told the funny story I had while watching this movie in theaters. I'm not going to tell it again, but uh, yeah, excellent film. Jack, what about you? So uh, I, I agree with the Del Toro uh, take. Uh, thank you. Um, but no, uh, this movie I've seen once, like three, four years ago. Uh, I think three years ago. I need to see it again. I want to see it again. Uh, my perspective of it is a little, a uh, little stilted because one of my family members who has seen this movie hates this movie. Uh, 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 they must have just been in a bad mood, but uh, or something. I don't know. I get why they would hate it, but like, uh, it's. I, I think it's a very well-made movie, and so I gave it a more positive rating just based on that. But I need to see it again. Okay. Uh, we'll go to Boatman. Boatman. 
Uh, yeah, my next pick. This is tough. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go with another one where uh, this is a movie I just love, uh, and I love all six members of the main ensemble. I'm going with Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, you got Greg Kinnear as like the the obs hyper obsessive like positive motivational speaker. Tony Collette kind of just what she does best, the mom holding everything together. Tony Collette is in a lot of great ensemble movies and is usually one of the best things in those ensemble movies. Uh, but then you get to like the four just top tier performances, or the three top tier performances, or four, excuse me, four top tier performances. Paul Dano doesn't speak for the first half of the movie. And then his like moment where he starts speaking again, it just made me die laughing when he starts hitting his head on the thing. Uh, Abigail Breslin obviously deserves her Oscar nomination for this. Alan Arkin won an Oscar. I don't know if I would have given him the Oscar, but I get his nomination because he is so good. And then for me, the best performance in the movie is Steve Carell because he finds the humor in it being Steve Carell. But I also think like he he gets some really great tragic moments, especially him and Paul Dano on the bridge, is just a great scene. My favorite scene in the movie, actually. Um, and Carell is just is just so good in this movie. I'm I'm really that he wasn't nominated because he's the performance I would have nominated for the movie to be honest. Uh, but then you also have uh, Brian Cranston in there for a scene playing a character named Stan Grossman which is also a character from Fargo. So that was, there are two best original screenplay winning films that feature the character of Stan Grossman. Uh, I need to revisit this one. I saw it uh, probably three, four years ago uh, and I liked it. I remember enjoying it, but I didn't love it. I think I was expecting kind of this masterpiece and it didn't, fill that void for me um this was also in a time before i was in this community i and i was literally all i was doing was watching movies i had never seen before that people were telling me were great so it was it was like a three-month period where i watched arguably some of the best films i've ever seen so some of them kind of naturally like went down a little bit uh, so I do want to revisit this one. I own it on Blu-ray. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it eventually because I don't think the Macaw has seen it. Have you seen? Oh, fuck, she has. All right. Well, then maybe I won't watch it soon. But uh, I do want to watch it again. Uh, Payson, your take. Yeah. Vote uh, might kill me for this. I got to watch this one. I've never actually seen Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, I've heard great things. It seems like a movie I would really like to watch. Uh, when I came into this movie and uh, Bo took me onto the writing team, I really wanted to schmooze up to him. So I decided whether I should watch Little Miss Sunshine or The Way Way Back, and I watched The Way Way Back. But uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely put Little Miss Sunshine on a higher priority, knowing how much you like it. Jack, I've seen a movie Payson hasn't seen. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this movie's good. This, like really good. It's on my uh, whiteboard here for ensemble movies to pick, but like. I love this movie. Alan Arkin, uh, right now, out of the Best Supporting Actor nominees that year, I probably would have given it to him. I, I don't know if I've seen them all, but the Best Supporting Actor nominee of 2006 wasn't even nominated, and that's uh, Jack Nicholson in The Departed. But uh, that's just my take. If really good, I wouldn't give him the win. 
That's fair. But no, I I, I really love this movie. Uh, if Boatman didn't pick it, which I, again, assumed he would, uh, I would have taken it. So yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Uh, Payson, your next pick. Yeah, uh, I'm picking uh, one of, in my opinion, one of my favorite like ensemble films of like, there really isn't necessarily like a lead of the movie, but I just think everyone works so well, and that is uh, 1989, so I do the right thing. Uh, I This is one of the best uh, Day in the Life movies. Of uh, Obviously, it takes place in Brooklyn. It's the hottest day of Brooklyn, and just the race relations there are just at an all-time high. I think everyone works super well together. Uh, Spike Lee directed it. I also think he gives a very good performance as Mookie, as this pizza guy who... At the start of the movie, he just he clearly is just someone that just wants to get by, get paid, do his job. And then you see um, his friend in Bugging Out, played incredibly by Giancarlo Esposito, made probably my favorite performance in the movie. Just gets so mad because there's just not um, there's not black people on the wall over at Sal's. And just seeing like how just different characters react to that, either a like hey man there's there's different ways to get mad at this or yeah we we should get mad at this i think that's great um i think bill nunn is excellent as radio um as radio raheem he doesn't say too much but you're immediately like endeared to this character just walks around with his radio uh danny aiello i think is like a really good like slow burn of a character of like you don't you don't hate him at first but slowly throughout the movie, you start to see his serious, serious faults, and you see how his son, played by John Turturro, may have gotten those racial prejudices. Um, yeah, Samuel Jackson as Dr. Senior Love Daddy. Um, Ozzie Davis. What's Ozzie Davis? Uh, Ozzie Davis is the mayor. I think is excellent as sort of like this father figure to everyone in the city. Um, yeah, I love Do the Right Thing. I think the cast is incredible. I think everyone really works together as an ensemble in this film. Uh, I haven't seen this one. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Spike Lee movies. I've only seen uh, three that I can think of off the top of my head. Two of them being his most recent films. Um, so I, I do want to see this one because I know that Boatman has recommended it to me. Um, and it's uh, it just came out on 4K over the summer. So uh, it gives me a reason to pick pick it up and watch it. it if, if, I, if I know my Blu-ray collecting skills well... You have the criterion. Great, Payson. Uh, if if, uh, if it's if I know my Blu-ray collecting skills well, uh, the 4K will be on sale for Black Friday. So I'll pick it up then and I'll give it a watch, but I haven't uh, seen it yet. Boatman. I love Do the Right Thing. Yeah, great pick for ensemble. Like, it's just kind of – I love this look at this neighborhood. I think that's just really neat. You kind of just – you get – like, if you want to see what Do the Right Thing looks like on a day that isn't the hottest day of the year, watch Crooklyn. Crooklyn is kind of a great little companion piece of, like, a very similar neighborhood, but it's just a very different vibe. It's very much, like, the chill version of Do the Right Thing. But uh, Do the Right Thing is excellent uh i i really like john Turturro in the movie i think uh he's great i think uh you you mentioned but giancarlo esposito is great uh whole whole cast fantastic i wrote perez really uh joy lee i actually like her in this movie spike lee's real sister playing his sister in the movie she's great is this like early spike lee this is the third movie third movie oh, okay actually yeah third movie yeah. third movie 
Uh, Jack, have you seen this? Uh, yes, I have. I saw it with Cameron Holzman at a little indie theater in Edmonton called The Garno or uh, Metro Theater. I don't know what it's called right now, but The Garno. And I saw that and I think blind spotting like in the same week. Uh, and the time I watched both those movies was the correct time to watch them uh, for me. And it they, they're both great uh, movies. Uh, and I have Do the Right Thing on my whiteboard as well. Uh, great pick. I love Gian, uh, Giancarlo Esposito in it. I think he's great. Probably my favorite performance in it. Although I just, I, I love uh, most of his performances, especially uh, Gustavo Fring. So, and yeah. Maze Runner, right? Hmm? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jack, why don't you give us your next pick? All right. Well, Quentin Tarantino has made several great ensemble movies uh but i'm gonna go with his most colorful uh cast of characters and in case you didn't get it based on that it's reservoir dogs oh i see i love this movie this was like the fourth or fifth tarantino i saw and now i've seen all of his movies i can say confidently it's my favorite of his movies i love the hell of this movie i think the cast is just fantastic i Steve Buscemi, we've talked about him a little earlier. He is my favorite performance in this movie as Mr. Pink. Uh, I, I think Harvey Keitel is great. Uh, I really love Tim Roth in this movie. And Tarantino, say what you will about him. I, I, I think he's, I think he's uh, fine in, in the opening scene. Or, yeah, opening scene. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic movie. And my favorite Tarantino. And... Just barely out of my top 10 movies of all time. Great movie. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Tarantino movies as well. Really enjoy it. I got to see this in the theater right before uh, Hollywood had come out. Um, and that really helped me like the movie a lot more. Um, there's not much to be said that hasn't been said. Uh, but I, I will say I, I do love the way that this movie does its violence. Uh, it's very low key and yet somehow just in your mind you remember it as being like super grotesque and then you go back and you look at it and there it's definitely bloody in parts but like it's not as bad as i always remember it being and then i watch the movie and i'm like it's it's, it's super well done music you always see the aftermath that's kind of yeah. the thing is you never see the actual thing you just always see the aftermath of whatever right. it is uh, the needle drops are great. Uh, I think the movie it it works it works a lot. It's one of my favorite Tarantino's for sure. Bowman, what about you? Oh uh, yeah, I think you want to see how great this ensemble is. That opening scene, just the the characters just all kind of establishing their identities and who they are. You know, Mister Pink establishing himself as the the cynical uh, neurotic skeptic. Uh, Mister Orange. Very early on, he is the one who tells Joe that this that Mr. Pink didn't tip. Uh, so that's kind of setting up his character. Uh, Mr. White kind of setting himself up as the, more of just the, the kind of commanding badass. Joe setting himself up as, as just kind of grumpy and uh, short with people. Uh, Mr. Brown uh, setting himself up as... Basically, Mr. Brown doesn't really do much the rest of the room, but that great Madonna monologue is all you need. 
Mr. Blue kind of just setting himself up as confused older guy, and Mr. Blonde setting himself up as more violent and aggressive. There's just so much that is set up in that opening scene that plays out later in the movie. What about you, Payson? Yeah, Reservoir of Dogs is excellent. Uh, one of the first Tarantino movies I uh, I ever saw. I've never been one of those people that this has never been like one of my like absolute favorites. But I but I do really really like, and I do totally get how why you would pick this for the ensemble. Yeah, Steve Buscemi is my favorite part. Um, I I love how Bo was talking about how Joe just seems really grumpy because if you hear the on story sets. Lawrence Tierney apparently was not easy to get along with and just did not want to be part of the movie. Um, I think Chris Penn is great in this movie, or as Cameron Holtzman knows him, um, Miles Teller. Um, I think Tim Roth is excellent. Uh, and yeah, Michael Madsen. But yeah, I, I think this movie is excellent. Wait, all right. Uh, Payson, you want to give us a third pick? You know what? Yeah, I will. Um, to sort of go to not another Tarantino directed film. But another written one, uh, one that I would stack with, honestly, the best of his directed films, uh, True Romance. I think from a just, what the fuck is going on from top? I think just from a pure uh, cast pound for pound movie, I think True Romance is incredible. Um, most people know uh, Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette are who lead this movie, but to me, the supporting performances are is what makes the movie. Gary Oldman in that first half of the film. Um, as um, Drexel, um, Christopher Walken, as like this drug lord. And he has this incredible scene with Dennis Hopper where they talk about stuff that I prefer not to talk about. Um, I think Michael Rappaport is excellent in this film. Uh, blocked on Twitter by Thomas Scully, but I do think Michael Rappaport is great. Um, and uh, rest in peace, the great James Gandolfini. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. And he has a really good uh, bit part in this as well. So yeah, I'm taking True Romance. I've never seen this movie. And I've been told I would really like it. Uh, so I, I need to. It's on my list. Uh, but I haven't gotten there. Boatman, what about you? Uh, I've never seen the entirety of True Romance. I've basically seen a lot of the bits and pieces. I've seen the walk and hopper scene. I've seen the uh, the uh, Gary Oldman scene. I've seen a lot of like the big scenes in this movie, but I've never seen the full thing beginning to end. Jack, what about you? I have not seen this movie. Uh, I've seen Tarantino, all of his directed movies. I just haven't gotten around to movies he's written, but not directed. So, like, it's on the watch list, I think. If not, I'll add it. But, like, yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it. Heard okay. good things, though. Uh, Jack, you want to give us the third pick? Sure. Uh, I'm debating between two. Uh, but I'll go with this one. This is another one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, definitely in my top 20. It's my favorite movie from 1975. It's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, no, I really love this movie. And I think that Jack Nicholson is giving one of my favorite performances in any movie, like ever. I love him in this movie. Uh, and the whole, the, the whole ensemble of the other patients at, at the uh, at the mental hospital is just uh, you've got a great um, oh why am I forgetting his name now this never happens ah. right, no but he's great in it too I uh, know I was thinking yeah. of uh, Doc Brown Christopher oh, Lloyd Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd 
Christopher Lloyd's got a great smaller role in it. I love Brad Dourif in it. Uh, I I when I realized that uh, that worm tongue is Billy in One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, I think my I brain exploded a little bit. But no, this this is just a great movie. I love every single character in it except for Ratchet. No, I, 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 but no, this is just a great movie. Uh, yeah, Ratchet's one of the best villains in any movie. Uh, love this movie to pieces. We'll, we'll probably be in my top 20 for quite a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw this for the first time last year during quarantine. I watched it and I really loved it. It really moved me. The ending really got to me. Um, I was oof for a while. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I want to watch it again because I think it's one that Maggie would really enjoy. Um, but yeah, I was. I it's one of those movies that you hear about forever, and then I finally got around to watching it, and it lives up. It definitely lives up to the hype. It's it's really good. Uh, Boatman, what's your take? Oh uh, yeah, no, this film's great. And the ensemble is fantastic. I don't think Jack mentioned Danny DeVito in this movie, who is like just giving a really good like not at all like winky or comedic like this is the performance that could have gone like not great but Danny DeVito is actually like playing this character like exactly how he needs to be uh Nurse Ratchet like we need to give Louise Fletcher a lot of credit for playing a really despicable character so well which I think is really difficult to do and do it realistically without making... Like, Nurse Ratchet doesn't feel like a cartoon. I think that's the most important thing. She feels like a real human that could potentially exist, and that is what makes her all the more infuriating, and I think that's what makes Louise Fletcher's performance so good. She won the Oscar, right? Yes. Is there a movie? Yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, Payson, your take. No, I think this movie is incredible. I watched it for the first time this year. It's one of my favorite movies I've seen uh this year um the entire cast works so well i think the fact that they they shot this in um in the mental institution and they actually got real patients to play um the background parts i think is really cool um i think brad dorf is the unsung hero of this film i think his character is just this like sort of like wide-eyed like criminal who um who just randall takes a liking to and wants to help and then also, I, I I don't know the actor who plays him, but the actor who plays Chief, I also think that is he's also excellent. I think the the relationship between Chief and Randall is great. When you learn that little thing about Chief that he's keeping secret, it's excellent. And no, this this movie is incredible. It's it's both fun to watch, but also super hard to watch. But it it really is just very very well done. All right. That is our list for ensemble movies. Go over to the Letterboxd account. Uh, Multiplex logged it to uh, take a look at the list um, and let us know what you think about it. Make a comment there. Who knows? We could get into some conversation. It'd be fun. So that's over at uh, Letterboxd. Multiplex logged it. You can go check it out. Uh, all right. Last thing for the night, we're going to talk about the new movie of the month. There's a new one. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner from 1967, Boatman? Correct me if I'm wrong. 67? Uh, so, um, I had never seen this before, so I got to watch this for the first time. I watched it today. Uh, I messaged Boatman the minute I finished watching it. It is excellent. This movie is really good. And I had heard, uh, I knew the basic premise of the movie. Um, and that was about it. 
I wasn't ready for the all the powerful performances. Um, I think that uh, it, I'm going to butcher. The, is it Sidney Potier? Is that Potier? Thought he was so good in this movie. Um, I've not seen in the heat of the night. I know that the whole thing is that that was they were the same year, right? He turned in like three performances that were like insane, and this is one of them. Um, if they if if those other ones are anything like this, like sign me up. I'm a fan now because uh, he's great in this movie. Uh, I just I really liked uh, pretty like even the even the parts of the movie that are supposed to make you like kind of like a little uncomfortable even had me like super like into it and invested in the story like from the moment you see these two characters at the start of the film i was in love with them and invested with them because their chemistry was really really great um Bowman and I were talking about this. One of the greatest scenes is when uh, Hepburn fires that lady. Uh, and she's sitting in the car. So good. So that was such a good scene. Um, I don't know. This I just I really enjoyed it. There was nothing that made me need to push this up to a five star rating, but it's definitely one of the best movies I've watched for the first time this year. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I now own it because I watched it. I bought it for this, so I will watch it again. Um, very much enjoyed. Uh, Boatman. Or I give it four stars. So, Boatman, you're a take. No, no uh, this cast is great. Uh, like, it, I was shocked to learn that this movie isn't based on a play. Like, it feels like it was based on a play a little bit. Not like the bad way, but like just like it, it feels like it could have been based on a play. It's very like Playish dialogue, uh, but no, it's an original screenplay. Um, Portier is, I think, the best performance in the movie on most recent rewatch. I used to think Tracy was the best performance in the movie, but I think Portier is doing so much by doing so little. Like, he a lot of his acting is just in a laugh or in a smile or in a look. Like, it's not a, a lot of flashy acting, but it's it's a really great performance. But don't get me wrong. Tracy is great. Hepburn is great. I think Catherine Houghton kind of have a, has a thankless job in the movie, but she does a really good job with it. Like, she kind of just has to be this ray of positivity and everything else that is going on. Like, she's, she's kind of this force that makes everything else happen. Uh, and there are others. I, I really like Cecil Kellaway in this. He He's a lot of fun. I just love the little moment when he sings the Beatles song. We can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. Uh, whole movie's just... Like, that's the thing. Is this movie tackles a very heavy subject, but it's able to also have these little moments of brevity that I think really work. Where it, it, it's a true dramedy, in my opinion. And that it's not really trying to go for one thing. It's just kind of trying to be... Okay, here's a situation. Let's look at it. And I, I, I really like that. Stanley Kramer, I think, is just one of, like, I don't know why he doesn't get talked about in terms of, like, top-tier directors uh, of, like, that era. Because he has made so many incredible movies that I really like. I think a lot of his work is a little underseen. Um, but, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world, the defiant one. Judgment at Nuremberg, Inherit the Wind, all great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, four and a half for me. All right. Uh, Payson, did you get a chance to watch this? Uh, yes. And what I will say is there are serious faults in Stanley Kramer's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. 
but they are overcome by the virtues of this delightfully old-fashioned film. It would be easy to tear the plot to shreds and catch Kramer in the act of co copping out, but why? On its own terms, this film is a joy to see, an evening of superb entertainment. Uh, this was uh, Roger Ebert's review of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which I read because I did, unfortunately, not... Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, that sounds <laughs> I was like, I know you're reading something. What are you reading? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Jack, did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I have seven minutes and 37 seconds of that movie left. Uh, I watched it just before going uh, on call with you guys. And the, the way it's trending right now, it's four and a half could go up to a five. Uh, like, it's just such a great movie like the scene you've talked about earlier where uh Catherine hepburn fires uh that lady is just great i i, I like i i cheered a little bit when i when i saw that uh scene the i'm but the scene that really i think right now is my favorite uh is when sydney uh portier is talking with uh his uh fiance's father uh, or not, not sorry, sorry, not sorry, that's wrong. No, the is when he's talking to his father, I'm dumb. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did, uh, and Portia just like kind of says, Nope, stop talking, you've said your piece, it's my turn to talk. And when he just says everything that he's been wanting to say, uh, to his father, uh, it, it honestly brought me to tears a little bit, and I'm uh, a little. Yeah, no, I can't wait to finish this movie. It's such a good movie. Uh, I I don't have anything really bad to say about it. For me right now, favorite performance is either uh, Sidney Poitier or Catherine Hepburn. This is my first ever Catherine Hepburn movie, so I'm I can't wait to see more of her uh, her movies. Yeah, nothing bad to say about it. Great movie. All right. Uh, so that'll do it for us today for uh, logged it. Bowman, I know we decided on topic for next week, but I don't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was? Uh, what was it? It was something you came up with. I don't uh, I'll find it. Uh, so anyway, uh, next week is we're going to be doing something. Uh, I just want to give a heads up. The last week of this show will actually be November 30th uh, for the year. We're going to take December off. Um, it's so the same week as, uh, the final episode of, uh, YLS. So we've got four more episodes left, uh, for us to talk in November or three, yeah, four more episodes. Uh, November's got five Tuesdays in it. So live but, action animation hybrids. That's right. That's right. So that's next week. Um, and we'll, we'll put out a post tomorrow with the topics for the rest of the month. Uh, me and Boatman will get those out to you guys. So. If you're interested in being on the uh, on the uh, show in November, uh, that'll be then. And then uh, we'll probably do something in December, but it won't be that like this show. Like we might do a Christmas watch along or something like that in the month of December, but it won't be logged it. But it might be something fun that we'll do on one of those nights uh, on one of these nights. But otherwise, uh, this has been a fun one. I enjoyed this. Jack, you did good. You didn't piss me off too much. So good job. Um, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next week with, like Boatman said, live-action animated hybrids. Um, go see Eternals this weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening.
Oh,